Hello everyone, welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four and episode six. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison and says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, as well as in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I want to talk a little bit about revival. And what better scripture to use than 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 9. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto your, you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I hope you've heard of, and maybe you haven't, uh, over the last, on February 8th, 2023, there were some students who entered Hughes Auditorium for a regularly scheduled chapel service at Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. It was after that service, a group of about 20 students lingered and they began to worship and pray for one another. What started as a regular chapel service turned into a full-blown revival where it is said that people from all over the country came to experience a mighty move of God and it lasted 16 days and for almost 400 hours. This revival brought tens of thousands of people to this Christian campus before it ended on February 20th, 2023. It ended, according to the news reports, and I quote, we just do not have the infrastructure to support the guests that we're having come to Wilmore, end quote. People all over social media were talking about it and intrigued enough, some actually went to go see it for themselves. Have you ever wondered what could happen if our country broke out in a full-blown revival like that? Everyone on one accord praising God. When people heard about the revival, they had to go and see it for themselves. In this scripture I just read to you, Paul heard about some things that were going on in Corinth, but it wasn't a revival taking place, but some concerns that he'd heard about and thought it essential to write to them. Now, it wasn't a revival that was going on, but he needed to revive them and remind them why they were where they were. In order to understand that scripture I just read, you have to read chapter one, Paul is writing to this church at Corinth because he heard of the things that were going on. 
And he wanted to remind them of who and what their faith was founded on. And it was Jesus Christ. See, that's what revival does. It awakens what and it reminds us of why we serve Christ and why we are Christians. Corinthians, the Corinthians were important or the place where they lived, the place called Corinth was important. And it was important for a number of reasons. It was wealthy. It was a major trade city. And it was also known for its Acropolis or high city. And its most prominent figure or fixture was the Temple of Aphrodite, which was a Greek goddess of love. When you understand the location and all of the people that had to go through there, you understand why it was important that these new Christians really understood that they must be centered on their faith and lest they get pulled away from the new life that they had in Jesus. Having too much or focusing on your stuff, your position or your title is cause or can cause you to lose sight of what is really necessary or what's important in your life and who should have first place in, the, in your life. Did you know that having too much can be a need for a revival? Having too much makes us uh, self-reliant instead of God-reliant. Job had a lot. Many people have heard of Job, and if you hadn't, you need to go back and read that book. He had a lot, but he lost a lot. But it was his faith that restored him, not his ingenuity, not what he knew, not his status, not his position. And that's clear in his words when he said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Paul reminds the Corinthians of the message of the cross and how those who are perishing just can't understand it. He says that in 1 Corinthians in verse 25, first, uh, chapter 1. He said, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Paul had to remind them to maintain their focus and their foundation. And that foundation is Christ. And sometimes we need to be reminded because with all of the things that we contend with on a daily basis, it is easy to lose hope. So here in chapter two, Paul is coming to them in humility. He talks about he was well-educated and if anybody could brag, Paul could brag, but he didn't. He talks about his encounter on, with Jesus on the Damascus road. And when he learned the truth of the gospel and of salvation, something changed. He changed. He recognized that his education, his worldly wisdom, nothing could compare to what he received from the spirit of the living God. It was in chapter two and verses four and five. He says, my message and my preaching, they were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power. He laid down all that education and stuff because the spirit of the living God, the power that that exuded it allowed him to be even greater than what he could do in his humanness. And he says he did it so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul spoke with humility because he recognized it was not of himself that God's power was far superior than anything that his learning had provided him. He wanted to warn them not to forget who saved them and what their salvation was built on. So why is it important not to re rely on worldly wisdom? Now, the word tells us get wisdom, get understanding, you know, so that doesn't mean you're not supposed to have wisdom, but we're talking godly wisdom. God can show you things that defy human comprehension, something that you can't teach in school. And when you receive Christ, you also receive power. And that power, not human wisdom, is what you have to rely on and what we must rely on if we want to stay centered and if we want to continue to grow in our faith. So how do we get to... Uh, 
this revival. Somewhat similar to Corinth, America is a nation that's the world's most dominant economic and military power. If we have the largest economy, hundreds of overseas military bases and leadership positions in various international institutions, the United States is an undeniable global power. According to a man by the name of Dr. Daniel Pacini, he's, um, he's a semiotician. He said, we may not worship Aphrodite like the Corinthians, but our subconscious worship of power and possessions has left our brothers and sisters in a wake of pursuit. You know, it also reminds me of the book, um, The Substance of Things Hoped For by Dr. Um, Proctor. And one of the things he talks about is how we've lost our cultural armor. When you forget about your foundation, when you forget about Christ, when you don't realize we are spirit beings, that it is a recipe for downfall and disaster. Today, we are saturated with people and things that get us off track and cause us to forget. Forget what? Forget that we are spirit. The world wants to suppress us. They want to divide, alienate, and destroy us. But the Lord wants to lift us. These people in Corinth were having arguments and disputes. They had lost their focus. And when you lose your focus, you begin to focus on people and things. And that means you're not focusing on God. Focusing on the world and everything that's going in it is depressing. Oh my gosh. And it's a recipe for losing hope. Churches are closing at alarming rates. Pastors are leaving the church for so several reasons. According to a survey by Barna, which is an evangelical Christian polling firm, they had a number, they did a survey and they listed why pastors or talked about pastors who have considered quitting. Here's some of the reasons. The stress of the job, the feeling of loneliness and isolation, the, the current political divisions, the effect that the role of pastor is having on the family, about the optimistic or lack of optimism for the future of the church, or that their vision for the church conflicts with the church's direction, and the church is declining. And there's so many more reasons that pastors are considering leaving the, the pastor role. We need a revival, church. How did we get there? How did we get here with all of those things going on and churches closing? The American values include individualism, equality, diversity, unity, liberty, and self-government. It's called a democracy. But, and it's all, America is also described as a country of independence. But where is God in all of this? What about faith? What about our religion? The model we see on our money and God we trust, that's the official model of the United States. And it can be found in most federal institutions. Can we really say in God we trust? Or do we trust in our possessions and our money and our things and our position and our title? You have to answer that personally. It's essential to have the proper teaching about God, about his word and about salvation, about his plan. When your life is not centered on God, you are considered idolatrous. The world would have you believe that God is absent and doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, but I know differently. When a nation ne neglects God, it can easily be swept into persuasive rhetoric and people. Success can bring about a lack of need for God, but God knows how to draw you back to him. We need a revival. Over the past three years, 
We had a pandemic, we had a pandemic called COVID that shut us down. We had to deal with isolation and try to figure out what to do when you couldn't do anything. Millions of people died. Personal interaction was put to a halt. Mental illness has risen. Anxiety, depression, mood swings, irritability, withdrawal and emotional dysregulation, PTSD, and the list continues to grow. Suicide rates have increased and overall health conditions are declining. Workers are so overwhelmed they're leaving their positions in record numbers and schools were shut down in these past three years. Children needing the internet have to find alternative means to attend school or visit local establishments to sign on just to learn. Global poverty has increased and disproportionate income losses among the disadvantaged populations led to a rise in inequality. People are losing their homes and rent increases have rendered many people homeless. There's an ongoing political unrest and division. Churches are closing and were closed during those three years. And today they're continuing to close at an alarming rate. We need a revival. Young people no longer see the need for church or regular church attendance. The result is an unawareness of God, ignorance, or a lack of understanding of who he is. Behaviors have changed. People are more short-tempered. Violence has increased. Each day in America, 12 children die due to gun violence. Heartbreaking. NPR Public Radio reports that America has seen at least 601 mass shootings as of May 2022. Heart-wrenching. The, the economy plummeted. Inflation was at an all-time high and continues to be a concern. And threats of the recession are looming still. We need revival. We need our spirits awakened and quickened. A revival is an opportunity to remember. Remember how you got where you are and what you were before Christ came into your life. Remember how low you have become and how God delivered and set you free. Only, knew, only you know what your salvation story is. And sometimes that can get watered down by the ongoing stripes of the day. And believe it or not, even in success, Christ can be watered down. A revival is the restoration of God's presence to his people. The world can't give you life. Only Christ can. No one can overcome all of the situations we face except Christ. There's a world out there in need of a savior and God is calling for sinners to turn to him for salvation. But how are they going to hear if we don't tell them? Yes, God knows we get tired. That's why we need reviving. God wants our hearts. He is in your heart and he can and will revitalize you no matter what the circumstance. Many of you may have heard, I hope so at least, or most of you may have heard or seen the football, the young football player, Damar Hamlin. He's a player with the Buffalo Bills who went into cardiac arrest on the football field. He got struck at the moment, at the right moment that his heart had stopped beating. Medical officials immediately rushed onto the field to address his condition. Assessing his situation, they immediately began to give him CPR right there on the field. And then they brought out this device called an automatic external defibrillator. It's an AED for short. They realized that they didn't have much time before he would succumb to his injury. An AED is a medical device used to analyze the heart. 
to analyze the heart's rhythm and deliver an electric shock to the victim of it. And the word is ventricular fibrillation or an irregular heartbeat for us, people like you and I, to restore the heart rhythm back to normal. Why is this important? Well, the heart pumps blood around the body all the time. If the heart isn't functioning correctly, blood backs up and the fluid builds up in the lungs and legs and shortness of breath can occur. And the importance of blood to the body is that it brings oxygen and nutrients to all parts of the body so that it can keep working so that you can remain alive. It was as that medical team continued to render aid that that young man was given another chance to live. And in honoring the medical staff who helped save his life, he expressed hope for his future. He said, quote, God's plan was to have a purpose greater than any game in this world, end quote. He got revived. You all get where I'm going. When the heart grows weary, and God knows these past few years would, three years would be enough to make anyone weary. The Lord tells you, don't faint or don't lose heart. The world can hit you in such a way that you lose heart, but the Lord is saying, I've got a defibrillator for you, and his name is Jesus. When you feel tired and weary, call on his name. When despair wants to rob you of life, just say Jesus. When it seems like nothing is going right, call Jesus, and you will see that the blood still works. Just mentioning his name will bring your soul back to life, reminding you that the blood of Jesus still runs warm in our veins, and the blood will flow to that area within you that feels faint or has died and needs revitalization. When the blood of Jesus flows through all parts of your life, he gives new light. He gives renewed vision, energizes you, and encourages you to go on just a little while longer. His blood will give you hope and despair. It'll regulate your mind and it'll bring peace in the midst of storm. Without the blood, there is no life. Children of God, God has a purpose and a plan for you that is greater than you have ever experienced from here. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. When the old saints got oppressed, they knew what to do. They knew how to call on Jesus. They had their own AEDs. Some used prayers. They'd go into that prayer closet and call out to the Lord because they knew where their help came from. They, call, they, would call, they could call on him and believe that he would hear and answer their prayers. They would speak the word of scriptures before, because they knew God keeps his word. He said, heaven and earth would pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Scriptures like, I will live and not die. Lord, your word says I can call on you and you will answer me and you'll show me great and mighty things. I do not know. You got to get a word in your spirit, church, brothers and sisters. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those who open the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You got to get a word. Even though I walk through the valley of, shadow of, the uh, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for God is with me. Get a word. Some used those prayer closets. Some used those scriptures. And some would sing songs like how I got over. Just a closer walk with thee. Amazing grace. Shine on me. Revive us again. Praise him. Praise him. Standing on the promises of God. And you say I might be a little too old school. Well, how about the goodness of God? or call his name, or I don't mind waiting, I don't feel no ways tired, and songs that quicken 
you on the inside. Eye hasn't, hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the heart of us, of man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. I pray that if you need a revival today, that you search deep within your heart. Go into that prayer closet. Find that word that speaks to that dead place in your soul. Or find a song that ministers to the, to the hopelessness you feel. Then I promise you, that AED, that God defibrillator, it will work and it is automatic. Until next time, brothers and sisters, be sure to see the sunrise, to see the S-O-N rise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.